That is your problem. I even took a nap today. Maybe that's why. No, I was tired before my nap. I didn't get a nap because I had to work. I had today off. That's nice. It was nice. I have this thing where I'm trying to wake up early. Like 6 a.m. Why? Because I figured I could do like exercise in the morning. So my idea was I wake up at 6 and then get on the stationary bike for half an hour. Okay. And then after that, I would, you know, take a shower and get ready for work and have some time to like actually do some stuff around the house, maybe, you know, create some stuff or eat breakfast actually, which I never do. Uh, and then go to work because I don't leave the house until like 7.40. How's that been for you? Uh, it did it on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it was a success on Monday. Felt good. Uh, slept in on Tuesday and slept in on Wednesday. So, so, you're, so you're one for three. So I'm one for three so far. Yeah, yeah. You could be even. You are so, No, wait. You could be two for percent. five. No, two for four. The week's you could, not you could over, be though. Even. All right? So I could, could go for two for four. Tomorrow, tomorrow you could be 50-50. Tomorrow I could even it out. Or you could go, or I more could in the sleep. hole. But we'll yep. find out. We'll find out. I, I I started playing Enter the Gungeon. I saw that, which is hard. <laughs> what are you leaving me on? I don't know. I feel I feel like playing Enter the Gungeon is sort of how you felt playing, um, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Mm. It's like this is cool. I'm having fun. This is hard. <laughs> this is the gunplay roguelike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I it's like, like Binding of Isaac with guns. Okay. With slightly different loot system. Uh, how? What's the average life of your character? Um, there's four levels or five levels or something, and I get usually I die somewhere on the second. I usually die to the second boss. Okay, so there are set each, bosses. Each floor has a floor boss before okay, you can I've go played, down to the next floor. Yeah, I've played um, real things like that before, and I usually die to the second boss. But like, so would you say like? About half an hour. Oh, in. Uh, fifteen to twenty minutes. Okay, usually that's a pretty good roguelike. Yeah, that's the, there's like that's how I kind of view. Roguelikes. I suspect a playthrough will be kind of like going all the way to the end of a uh, run of Binding of Isaac, which is like forty minutes ish. Okay. Yeah, and you um, get loot and all that. But kind of stuff as well. it, it is fun. It is fun. I am having fun, and some of the guns are actually a lot of the guns are hilarious. Are they procedurally generated guns as well? Or the guns, no, just the. Uh, Dungeons, I think, just are. It's random what guns you'll get where yeah, and what how and stuff. Drop, but, but, like, one of the guns is a lowercase r. Okay. And it, when you shoot it, it says, bullet, <laughs> bullet, <laughs> bullet. Is this, like, a isometric? Like, is it top-down view? Is it... Uh, uh, yeah, it's... To, it's um, yeah, it's like it, it is like Binding of Isaac. Yeah, okay, it's very similar Same... To yeah. A little bit more zoomed out. Okay, is it the gotcha. same developer? I don't think so, no. And what's it, it is not Edmund. Um, uh, enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. Yeah. Got it. There's it's a lot a gun of, there dungeon. are a lot of gun-related Gungeon. Got it. Yeah. It's a Gungeon. Yeah. But one of the guns ah. is a banana grenade thing that you like, you throw a banana and it explodes into three bananas that no, each the, explode. It's the banana grenade from yeah. uh, Worms. Exactly. Actually, that's exactly yeah. what you're saying. Like, did they just rip it's off a, Worms? It's a ton, no, it's a ton of references to a bunch of... There's a, a mermaid shotgun, which is like a shotgun, except it's got a mermaid tail. Makes no sense. Um, okay. Yeah. It, does it's does got, it shoot forks? No, ah, it, it, it shoots uh, balls of water. Yeah, but ah. yes. Um, but there's like Deckard's gun from um, 
Blade Runner. There's... Oh, that's awesome. Uh, is there like a gun that shoots spots, like in 101 Dalmatians? I, I don't think so. He did it again. <laughs> ah, yeah. That one took a while, too. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I to be fair, we talked about 101 Dalmatians last. I was trying to go for something other than 101 Dalmatians. I was going to ask if there was like 101 levels or if like there's 101 guns, but I was like, that's too obvious. 121 guns. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> So how has everyone been doing? What's going on? Homework. Homework, of course. When are you done with school? Like, uh, done, done, done. Like, done, uh, done. No more school. Done, done, done. I mean, just loans. No loans, fortunately. Probably at the end of next December. Okay. So That'll at least be the end of a while. Not this December? Next December. Next December. Well, like, the next coming one. That's this December. Okay, so this is a problem with our family. Okay. Half of our family will say next. So, like, if I said next Saturday, okay, would they, would you think that it is the next Saturday that is happening, no. or the Saturday after that? It's the Saturday, the Saturday after, after that. that for next. So you said next December, right? But that's because next December, in terms of the year, is less proximate than the Saturday that we're coming no. up to in the week. So no, that doesn't make any sense to me. It should. It's, it's a that, standard that, way. No, of that's speaking. how I roll. That's how I roll. There, there's a there's a fuzzy gray line that's, of temporal and, proximity. And that's the problem <laughs> that's, with our family is when people say like next Saturday, uh, some of them mean yeah, the Saturday. But, but that's I'm coming an unholy combination of both of them. And fuck you. <laughs> that, that's even worse. Like be consistent with your inconsistency. I am <laughs> consistent with my inconsistency. No, that's you the just, problem. No, no, no. I am I am untrustworthy. But you can wait, trust me to be untrustworthy. Is so? Do you actually have a math problem in your head when you think of what to say? Or you're like, okay, what's yeah. sooner? Is the usually at least it's different with the year, but with the week, if I'm if more than half of the week, if there's less than half a week between me and the day that I'm talking about, okay, next one refers to the leapfrog. Okay, so if there's like three point five days left. Yeah. So if you that, had said so, so like if from, you had said next Saturday on Monday, you would mean the Saturday that's coming up. Yes. Fuck you. So <laughs> no, no, no. Basically, so from like from like. Wednesday evening to Friday, uh-huh. this Saturday means the one that we're about to have. And next Saturday means the next one. Okay. I don't all like it. All other, don't day, like it. all other days, next Saturday means the next one. I, I, no. 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 I don't Fuck like it. I just it. gave you math for it. But I don't but, want math. But now that math doesn't work, though, for December. I, I know. I, I said it's different for I know. Years. But then what is the first of December? But this is a month. Um, is it how many months? So if it's like six months away? Prob- probably anything that's more than... Probably kidding. anything. I, just, I would have said just December. Probably anything more than like four months away. I don't have to do math when you say something. <laughs> so yeah. Just tell me when it is. Deal with it. All right. So the the December that's coming, coming up. Okay. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, I can be more precise than that. Twenty sixteen. December twenty sixteen. Going. Yeah. In, yeah. Okay. Probably. Probably. So at the beginning of twenty seventeen, you should be done with school with undergrad. Ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then graduate school. I pro- uh, I'm almost not. I'm almost definitely not going right into graduate school. So like maybe like a year off or something like that. Or... At least. Okay. <laughs> At least. <laughs> well, now that we've had this temporal discussion, yeah. yeah, I've never heard that before. I've I've always heard that next means that the one following the current. That's because you're normal. I just I, I didn't know that was a discussion to be had. Now well, you know. <laughs> now you know. Welcome to arguments in our family. This reminds me of the uh, the guy that would always tell me when I reset his password that like I would just do welcome or something like that. You know, something easy, something of easy password. He's like, how many else? Like, one. 
Okay, so welcome one L. I'm like, yes. Is there another type? <laughs> Is there another way to spell welcome? Yeah, it's like, oh, welcome with one L, right? <laughs> it's like, yes. Well, it's two words, well and come. Maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he thought I was saying welcome. That's a weird password. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say password is the, is the password. yeah like, never mind. Let's is that with one, one two is... three four five? <laughs> yeah, just that A B C. Amazing. That's one, the same two, combination I have on my luggage. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dumb and Dumber. No, that was Spaceballs. No, it's oh uh, wait, was wait a second. I thought Dumb and Dumber did a joke too. Samsonite. They probably did a similar joke, uh, but Spaceballs did it better. But Spaceballs did it first, obviously, so it's better too. But yeah, I could have swore that was also... I really... I haven't ever really gotten into Dumb and Dumber. I've seen it probably about three times. How many times have you seen Star Wars now? The new one. The new one? Um, in theaters... With or without BB-8. Uh, okay. In theaters, I saw it three times. Twice in IMAX, once in regular. In digital, which I just got over the weekend, I've only watched it once... And it was with BB-8. Is, is BB-8 literally, <laughs> is that the only thing it does? Is it plugs into your computer and follows it? No. Like, uh, well, you mean like during the movie? Yeah. Yeah, during the movie, that's pretty much all it the does. The fact that they made this thing with that kind of functionality in mind well, is kind of remarkable. No, okay. So they made BB-8 to roll around and be like a remote right, control yeah. BB-8. That's what it's for. But there's this technology that's been out for a long time where you can have digital, like you can have things interact with the TV. It's right. almost like just shazamming okay. the whole time. All right, fair enough. You know what I mean? Like it, it, hears... it has a microphone. It's built in. It oh. says at these audio cues, yeah. I perform in this way. So like well, you can what even I mean. pause the but, movie. But like somebody, and then, like, somebody wrote it. a program for it. That, that's what I mean. It's, it's like, just shaz- well. shazam, essentially. Uh, but what's interesting about it is that there is a pop-up on the, the screen that you have the app running on. Because you have to have the app running at the same time. Because really it's just using your, your phone. So you have the app running. And then once it sees like... You know, here's Han Solo's voice like that, like the the when he enters into the scene. Right. It it shows a picture of Han Solo and BB-8, like it was all crazy, <laughs> and like Cute. when Kylo Ren comes on the scene for the first time, BB-8's like, I'm like hiding and kind of like cowering away from him. Yeah. And there's also lights inside the ball, so like there's like a blue light and a red light, and so they sometimes use those lights as well. Lightsabers. So it's it, it was a cool little thing that I just got an email about or read an article about. And I was like, I'll try it out. So I just plugged in BB-8 and turned on the app. I was like, huh, this is actually kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's a nice little thing for a toy that you already had. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't buy BB-8 to have it watch Star Wars with you. But if you have the BB-8 Sphero toy, it's definitely a cool little gimmick it can do. I I can't remember where I saw it. It was probably on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a GIF of a little kid dressed in a BB-8 costume. Oh, yes. I saw um, that. With someone that was Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and they just have their thumb up and it's like it's the lighter with his thumbs up and then you know you just you can see the kid and then he just like kind of hunkers down into yep. the costume itself and it looks basically like BB-8 and he sticks his hand out yeah and... imagine like a pumpkin costume a little kid wearing like a pumpkin oh, costume exactly yeah. and then he just like lays not lays down but kind of like sits down in it so that way you can't see his feet at all and his hat is the head of BB-8 so it's just like moving the his hat around and then puts his hand out of the middle of it to do a thumbs up that looks like a flame. It was adorable. It was it was really cute. Yeah, it was probably like a toddler. I don't know. I'm not good at kids' age. Thank God you're not a parent. Small, bigger than a baby, smaller than 
Uh, you? Me, yes. That, that's the age range. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's just get to your topics, Josh, and okay, we'll then. worry about this later. <laughs> um, so they made a fake Rembrandt. Go Sweet. on. Okay, so um, I totally forgot the name of the place because I was just looking at this about a half an hour ago. Amsterdam, that's where they unveiled it. So on Tuesday in Amsterdam, uh, the art museum there revealed that they've been working on a project for 18 months. And what they've been trying to do is compiling all the information from all the different Rembrandts out there, which are like 348 known Rembrandts. And the big thing with Rembrandt is that he did very lifelike paintings of people. Mainly. Yes, realism and very stark looking. Like it's it's it, portraits. Portraits. You look up Rembrandt. They they all have like a similar. Like they're all a style. You mm-hmm. can tell they're all there's different ages that he was when he made the painting. So you can tell that he like changed his style a little bit as he got older and as he became more weary and a lot of bad stuff happened to Rembrandt. So it's kind of like his paintings got darker and more gritty looking. Um, came more like a Nolan North. Batman than an Adam West Batman, mm. if you will. Pow! Right in the kiss. <laughs> Everyone who loves Rembrandts are now really pissed off that I'm comparing them to the Batman movies. Well, this is this is your frame of reference. Exactly. Josh. It's I okay. That's a good frame of reference. It's okay. Um, so anyway, so they had a whole bunch of computer programmers uh, create an algorithm that pretty much analyzed all the paintings, made them, uh, made an algorithm that would kind of output a proximity of a Rembrandt painting. Okay. Using the different geometries from the paintings and uh, facial recognitions and that kind of stuff. So it made a fake picture of a Rembrandt. And it looks pretty cool. It looks, I mean, obviously with real art, there's like a meaning behind it. Like there's something that, you know, the, the artist had a, a an idea of emotion that he's trying to portray. Yeah. And the computer kind of doesn't have that. So it's not like it's supposed to be taken as a real Rembrandt. But it did the proximity of his style really well. The part that I really found interesting, though, was the fact that once they made this painting in in the system, they 3D printed it with uh, 18 different like uh, UV inks on canvas that actually made it layered to look like brush strokes. Mm-hmm. So if you zoom into the actual, if you look at it, it, it looks like it was actually painted. And they use his real paintings to see how his style was, like how his brushstrokes were to make it look like it was a, a real Rembrandt and a really done by him. And I just found it amazing that they could do that. <laughs> they they took a lot of reference points to figure out things like uh, which way the characters or the um, subjects usually were facing, what their age, mm-hmm. gender, um, everything, you know, what they looked at. And they said, okay, this is the average subject Mm-hmm. of Rembrandt's paintings and this is what the eye sizes are usually like this is what the distance between the nose and the exactly. eyes are what the different features are and then they just created this amalgamation into this new Rembrandt painting yeah mm-hmm. and they're not trying to say this is like a Rembrandt painting they're just no. saying this is like a cool experiment a lot of people got up in arms like oh you can't have computers trying to re- do real art blah 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 because they don't have the emotions and they're, hey, I man, read this whole they can write a book alright they can <laughs> <laughs> write uh, the, I read this article from this guy who was just like really poo-pooing the whole thing like he mm. was up in arms and acting like this was like the worst thing ever and how it's so stupid that the art museum would even be a part of this whole thing i don't know it's just like 
calm down. It was more of a... People are always going to be very protective of their passions and... Yeah. People are scared of robots. <laughs> they are. They're yeah. scared of technology taking away and doing things that people used to do. Well, then, I mean, these are sacred to people. Like, Rembrandt yes. is a sacred, like, he's a treasured artist of history that is rightfully so. It's know, like someone creating a new Beethoven symphony. Exactly. And I even mean, that I'm okay with. But like, they're not creating a Rembrandt. They're not creating a Beethoven. They're creating something that's very similar to. Well, yeah. Inspired. But or even that's... possibly, you know, it would be funny if it were indistinguishable from, but. Well, that's the thing. Like, they could. I'm sure they, carbon if they wanted anything. to, with the 3D printing technique, they could make a pretty close proximity of a oh, yeah. fake. Like, they could make a, a you know, plagiarized fake of a Rembrandt. Well, sure. But you could, I mean. You can carbon date. There are techniques for telling if it's a fake. So, yes. And I'm sure and that are independent of the technique used to make the painting. So. Now, regardless of that, the fact that what makes art special is the meaning behind it when they painted it or anything like that. If we can make carbon copy diff- like proximities of these paintings, I'm not saying like what they did where they made a new one, where they made the same one again. Would that lessen the painting's, not physical value, because it would, because there would be a whole bunch of fakes out there. Sure. But would it lessen the emotional value of that painting? Like, would it be bad if everyone could have a Rembrandt that looked exactly like the real one with the real paint strokes and everything Uh, in their house? Would that be a bad thing? It depends on how they acted about it. If they were like, oh, yes, I have a Rembrandt. Well, that's that's not so much though the. Well, I mean, we already kind of have that. Like, I have a print of a painting in my room. But that's what this I'm saying. True. Like, it's a print, and you can tell it's a like if it if you could not distinguish the difference between the fake and the real Rembrandt because of the fact that they 3D printed this. Well, then yes, I would say that that map. is that is cheapening the original, cheapening it monetarily or cheapening it. Uh, artistically as far as like the meaning behind the painting like artistically I disagree I don't see how that could be cheaping it artistically you're you're taking something that was created with a passion by this one individual of over a great period of time and you're breaking it down into ones and zeros and reproducing it but it it depends on what you're calling it at the end if you say if if at the end you're saying this is a reproduction Mm mm-hmm I don't saying this. I don't think that if you stick to this is a reproduction. I don't think it cheapens the. If you said this is genuine, if you're trying to pass it off as a Absolutely. real McCoy, I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm saying like, like I had for the longest time Starry Night hanging up in my room. It right. was a poster. It was framed. It looked great, but it did not look like the real painting. Like right. because the real painting has that depth to it. it has it's on canvas. This was sure. a poster. If I would have had that exact same thing, but as a knock off as you'll say or a reproduction of the actual Starry Night I feel like I could have like looked at that painting and got more out of it and felt more emotionally like inspired by it because it's the real like it looks like the real painting so you're saying if anything it lets sort of us normal folk exactly who who can't afford uh, Starry Night to appreciate it and you'll have the purists that will say well it's not going to be exactly the same which maybe there might be something it's still maybe closer though yeah but it would still get us closer to be able to have this monopoly on art and everything like that and be able to share art freely with everyone. Sure. And be inspired by that art. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, makes it not as special. Because one of the things that is special about you know going and seeing that painting is you're going and actually getting that experience of now this is that 
painted yeah. object. Well, I, I, I think that, and, and, and I agree with you, but I, I think that even if I owned something that was basically a perfect reproduction of you know, a famous painting, whatever, going and seeing it in its exhibition would still be something that I would want to do. But then you as a viewer, you know, not somebody who's an expert in the field and can go and test it, be like, in the back of your mind, it's like, well, what if this is just another copy? Well, okay, yeah, but that's like a separate issue entirely. I, I, I kind of see that, where that's, you're coming from. That's but, not that's yeah. not the question that we had originally was if it, me right, having but, but it to me, that's still, it's the same idea. You're now lessening the mm. original product but, because you're not making it as special of a thing. But I, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, but what I feel like the difference is, one, we're talking about an artifact, and the other one we're talking about arts. I feel like an artifact has this history to it. You look at it, you know that what's been through, that the painter actually touched that canvas and that it's been through these ages. That's an artifact of time, and that's what makes that special. Yeah. Um, whereas a painting or a, a piece of arts, I feel like does, doesn't have to be married to the artifact aspect of it. It could just be visually beautiful. Like a marble statue is... You know, that's made by the best craftsmen is beautiful because of its its craftsmanship. It, 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 yeah, it's not like, so much because that it's old. I I I, I, can, I think I agree with that. Just because, like, you'll never be able to. T- in my opinion, you'll never be able to take away like the sort of inherent quality of the genuine thing, the artifact. Of Simply, it. you can make it more difficult to tell which one is real. Mm-hmm. Sure, but. You you would still go this you know this was Rembrandt's own painting he made this he touched it he did that that's you know oh you've got that in your living room but I on the other coin to to kind of side with Rob a little bit is that part of what makes that piece of art special is when you're staring at it you're also getting the emotions of the artifact part of it where you're like this has been right. going through time and this is you know. Who who all has stood and looked at this painting like I'm doing right now? This exact same painting, whose eyes have actually laid on this exact same piece of art. This object, I, and that yeah. would that would be exactly. the problem. Is like for for me, the experience wouldn't be cheapened, yeah. but for some people, it might be. Yeah, it's an interesting question. But I think in the end, it's just like a, you know, I don't really think nice there's a right answer to it. I no, think. Yeah, I, I don't agree. think so either. Um, and I just find it super cool and interesting to think about. Like, does it matter or not? <laughs> True enough. Um, so to completely, uh, you know, well, no, it's still talking about viewing things. Uh, yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, let's dive into VR, one of our favorite subjects here. Indeed. Uh, so Valve announced that they're going to have a program. It's in development. It's not out yet, but it's going to be able to. You're going to be able to watch Dota two tournament types like esports in VR using their headset. And I don't even know it's, how that's gonna work. It's making a special game board that it's almost like you're looking at a chessboard, a kind chessboard of type of thing. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it I, I kind of remind me of like you ever been to like a museum that has like the the trained diorama set up where they're like mm-hmm. really yeah, intricate, yeah. like everything looks. It, that's what it looks like. It looks like you're looking at like a giant, a giant one of those trained model things, mm-hmm. and you can walk around it and look at it, and like you know, kind of like peek your head down closer to it and watch the action happen in real time. Mm-hmm. Now, what they'll also have is they'll have a virtual screen up of the announcers doing the regular broadcast. <laughs> so it's almost like you're you're getting multiple types of... Feel. You're getting the shoutcast yeah. as well as 
the view of the field. Yeah, in real time, watching it happen, and you can like walk around it and actually decide what you want to focus on, which you know points of entry and all that kind of stuff. Which I don't play Dota, but I played. I wish you could zoom in and like observe a lane. Yeah, I, I think though at that point, all you're really doing is exactly what you can do with the the 2D version of the broadcast. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, be it, be like a minion on the lane. Oh, like actually, like, mm-hmm. yeah, be almost a spectator as far as like on the side of the lane. Like, yeah, that would get it. really confusing. I think it would get super confusing. Also, but I think it'd be really cool. I, al- I also don't think that they make the game engines good no. enough well that's the other issue so uh, my original thought when i saw this was why not just make the game be able to be played in this view like can you imagine if you could have like this this god mode view of the whole board and almost be maybe playing a character that wouldn't be as intensive and you could just be a support character and then be able to like direct traffic be like okay they're attacking on the left blah blah blah. we need reinforcements there like kind of be more of a general type feel uh, could be interesting, uh, but they made a point of the fact that the whole game engine wouldn't run in this, so that's why it's only a spectator view thing. Mm-hmm. You, they can't actually make the game. That's because they're now running basically on Source too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's super interesting. I think it, it's a potential though. Like you could see where the future of VR gaming could be, mm-hmm. uh, especially in spectator sports. Like if. In esports, if we could all be around the table, like watching it as if it was a real sport, and actually get you know representation of one team on one side and the other team on the other side playing mm-hmm. the game, that could be really cool. That would be super weird watching like a, a league game in bleachers or something. It, like essentially, yeah. And like to your point, like if you could go down on the you know the lane itself, like warp points maybe where you can yeah. be like, hey, I want to warp to you know that. That defensive area of that lane, or just have like a, like a controller in your hand, and just move your, that's move actually your screen away. The one thing like that, that they find causes the most nausea and that kind of stuff is movement that's out of body movement. Actually, yeah, that's true. That is typically what happens. So that's why you usually see portals being the big thing because mm-hmm. if you do like one portal to the next, it doesn't disorient your brain as yeah, much. Yeah, if you are the one doing the motion, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that'd be cool if you could select a, a spot on the map that you're looking at as an overlord like type feel, mm-hmm. and then like zoom in on that one spot. That could be really super cool. The only issue that I would have, at least as a spectator, is I don't know what the interesting stuff is to watch, mm-hmm. as well as the professional uh, like observers. It's also hard Actually to are. see everything. Like part part of why they know what's interesting to watch is they have, you know, eight screens or something. Oh, you're talking about like the casters? Yeah, exactly. They go, oh, and let's switch over to, you know, top lane because something's happening right then. Well, that's a good Um, point, though. If you still have the overlay of the the shoutcast, like if you still have the announcers there. If you hear them start going about it, you can go, oh. Well, they could also have some control over the board itself of lighting areas up. Like, oh, you know, cool. imagine if they just, you saw like a glow over one lane, be like, this is the interesting spot. Like, yeah. you know, so it, they could still direct your, your attention to spots, but not actually change the camera view on you. So that way you don't get disoriented. Uh, it's it's cool. I mean, esports have a lot going on right now, and there's a lot of stuff that's changing with them. And I believe, Rob, you were going to. Yeah. Of- so one of the things that is changing. Um, is that Twitch is partnering up with a company called Faceit, which is all caps, so it probably stands for something, but I don't know what it is, um, 
and they are making something that they are calling the Esports Championship Series, or ECS. Mm-hmm. Um, not new in the fact that it is a tournament, basically. Uh, it seems that Face It is known for having um, basically a infrastructure for running tournaments for different games. You can actually implement it as an SDK or a developer's kit within a game. Um, So it seems like this is not something that's new. They have a couple million users, it seems. So they're they're really, really well established. Um, The big thing that's going to be different about the ECS as as opposed to other uh, tournament series is that there are going to be 20 teams and each team is going to be a co-owner in the league. Hmm. Single entity league. Um, I'm very familiar with single entity. Uh, MLS, the major, like the top tier major soccer, soccer. Yeah, yeah the top tier, tier soccer league in America is single entity like that. Oh, gotcha. So you know, they they help each other out, and that kind of makes it more of a parody between teams, and mm-hmm. also helps to make it so they don't go under. <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. it so that the league as a whole can grow. Yeah, exactly. A team doesn't have to be a superstar team to get money. It yeah. Can be, yeah just full of good players and kind of just grind it out. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be 10 North American teams and 10 European teams. Um, and there's they had their first uh, league play okay. today. Um, and with a prize pool of uh, $3.5 million and for prize money and team financial support. Okay. So... It's has this been done before where there's a set number of teams that kind of are like not that are co-owners. Okay, so the, the the part that's really unique about this is the fact that it's a a joint venture between all the teams together. Correct. Do we um, know what the buy-in is for this team? Like, I don't. Okay, I don't have anything there. That's interesting. Um, so to give you a quote from one of the co-founders of Face It, uh, players and teams are the heart of the esports community and deserve the opportunity to reap the rewards of their hard work and dedication to grow esports into a mainstream phenomenon. We make the community our first priority, and as such, we're excited to support the first esports league that positions teams as co-owners. Hmm. That's the big onus here. They really want to say, this is like professional sports that you see this is like the nfl like mls like that's NBA. what's really interesting because i when i think of esports and especially like uh different teams in esports i think of them one as houses like this is like this mm-hmm. is the you know the temple storm house this is you know whatever house and then i think of them as in flux like at any time one of these houses could disband and make a new one <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like like Cloud9 could just decide one day we're done and then you know a couple of people from Cloud9 would start another place and a couple right. other ones would start another place that's it's always been more fluid the thought that these teams are a little bit more stable a little bit more of a, a staple mm-hmm. in that league is really super interesting and right now they're only doing one, one esport though right uh, yes, uh, Counter-Strike. It's only going to be a Counter-Strike league. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they could branch this out to... this. I wonder if they were to branch it out to other games, if they would have each of the same teams that are already in there do the games. Or if they would just start a whole new league with new owners. Right. What's really interesting about this as well is the fact that Fa- uh, Face It and Twitch are taking care of accommodations, travel, on-site, on-site concierge, the playing conditions, that's all going to be taken care of by them. So they're almost as if they're the overseers of the, the league itself. Correct. Um, and the fact that Twitch is a part of this is really interesting. Well, it, it, it makes sense because Twitch wants this to be the place that you go to view this league. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but what I mean by that is it would be uh, it would be like if ESPN decided to front the bill for NFL. It, it feels mm-hmm. like or yes, something it's, like that, yeah. or like a yeah. Like I'm just using an example, but sure. uh, it would be as if a network television channel decided to buy into the league. Which true in modern day, like in old sports, like regular sports, that doesn't make sense. But in esports. That's it, like, it does, it, yeah. For some reason, it's just a whole new model, and it's, it's interesting to think of that. Yeah, and the other part that I really liked about this is that they are going to be making a development league as well. Okay. As so part of Season 2 of the ECS. A okay. farm team, if you will. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> Why not? There's going to be a farm team, exactly. A division 2 or Division, division 3. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're going to be doing more in terms of announcing that stuff later on. Huh. Um, so I'm I'm That's, interested to see where wow. it goes. It's weird to think of like placing these these parameters on esports because yeah. I've never seen them placed on esports before. It's, right. It's kind of cool, but kind of scary at the same time. Like I don't know, maybe you should just do your own thing and not worry about mm-hmm. you know structuring it like a sports league. But those teams have been around. Like NFL has been around forever. It's a yeah, tried and true, true league. Like why wouldn't you follow their model? Yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can check them out at csgoleague.com or follow ECS on Twitter. I wish I actually cared about CSGO. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more happening at some point in the future. Yes. But CSGO is, is... Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It is absolutely huge. I understand why they are targeting that market. I feel like this actually works better for that type of game than like a Dota or something like that. Oh, sure. Um, which is... what is Dota still the biggest? Uh, League is probably the biggest. I, I think League Dota. is, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Just League. because it's got the U.S. and Europe, yeah, whereas yeah. Dota is mostly bigger in Europe. The, the Americans aren't so big into Dota. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't watch either one of them, so I always mm-hmm. get them confused. I couldn't tell you. If I saw a screenshot right now, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one was which. You'd be, you actually would. Uh, Dota is less colorful, generally. I believe you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just play Heroes of the Storm because I'm a nerd. Because you're a Blizzard, Blizzard. kid. Blizzard continues to tease me. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch isn't out yet, and continues to update my client. Yes, yes. Are you pre-ordering it? Have you either? Probably not. I might. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'll, you get, I'll, like, I'll look at the perks things. of pre-ordering. Yeah, there's actually some good ones if you do the anything significant perk. The first perk doesn't look that great, but in any case, anyway. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to talk <laughs> anyway. about, still video game related. But very different is that Gears of War four, which uh-huh. I have never actually played a Gears of War game. What? I didn't. Okay. I mean, I haven't played part three. I've only played part one and part two. Anyway, the fourth one, um, which is coming out relatively soon. I forget exactly the date. It's something. I believe you. Anyway, beta is coming out relatively quickly. Anyway, what they have announced is that. The iterations of Gears of War 4, the multiplayer, is going to support local split screen, which is something that doesn't really happen no, much anymore. No, it used to be a regular feature that was always in games, and then we kind of saw it slowly but surely go away, and now most games don't it's at true. all. They just don't have split screen. And there's a lot of the times it's because to support split screen, you actually have to put a lot of... A lot of Taxing, you have to tax the engine a lot. Like yes. pretty much, yes. it, 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 you're cutting the game in half of what they mm-hmm. can use because each game or each side has to be able to render. The... To a certain extent, it's not that bad because I think you can sort of reuse a lot of resources because you're, you're basically saying, "Here's the here's the map. 
We've got yeah. the map here. Yeah. Here are here's where you are and here's what you see. Here's where he is and what he sees. And so it's not it's not as bad as like it's a complete that, well they, they are saying that it is going to drop to 30 frames a second for split screen. Oh, so no, essentially it, 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 it does it does hurt half. but yeah <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this is the same issue you're seeing with 3D uh, with VR is that each eye has to have its own mm-hmm. rendering so it, that's why that happens too. Yep. So kind of makes sense that split screen does the same I thing. I can only imagine like two player splits or two player VR would be just like you can't <laughs> Uh, they have a couple games that do really? two-player oh, VR, cool. uh, but not split screen. Like not, you're on your own system. Well, I like, mean, you would have to. We have player. to share a headset. Well, I meant like, God. well, but one system can do two headsets. Each of you like, gets one, right. one yes. system can do two headsets, but that would yeah. tax the system so much. No way. Yeah. So the fact that it has local co-op, though, is something that, like, let's say Halo 5, uh-huh. which used to be famous for its split screen. Yeah, I, I mean, say, no Halo 3 happens. split screen was still pretty good. Halos, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like the the genesis of the the college... Uh, the land party? No, land party. I'm sorry. No, 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 Goldeneye. No, no, no not, not, not well, land party, I but split screen. Split screen, well, yes. Okay, sure, but yes. ha- I was going to say, Halo CE was definitely the land party, like, yes. console game. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I, I remember hearing about the most and seeing, like, we you would that see when I was extension cords. Yeah, you would see extension cords going from one dorm room to the other, like, yep. as they're, like, linking their systems together and that kind of stuff. It was hilarious. We did that at my buddy's place back home yeah. when I was in high school. Like, it was a late night thing. You know, you would go over, you yeah. would, you know, have way too much caffeinated drink and play Halo. And I was really bad at it. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. Still am really bad at it. So with all that said, do we think split screen is even worth it? Like, what, what makes you think they decide this? internet play, is it worth it? I think it is. I am glad they're doing it. I feel like this is almost a gimmick. Be- Why? Be- I don't I don't believe that it would be a gimmick. I think this is something that they actually think can be useful for people, you know, yeah. for those for those homes who only want to have one console but they have multiple people that want to play. Okay. So why, I why wouldn't you well, here's what I mean give by them gimmick. that option? Here's what I mean by gimmick is that they know that split screen has pretty much gone away, but they still need Gears of War to seem interesting and not stale so they're like hey what's bringing split screen to get some publicity for this game that no one really gives a shit i call that including a feature that they know will make them unique not a gimmick but i don't think that feature is going to be used by most people i think the game i don't think that i think that it will be a feature that is used more than you think i hope i hope you're right because i feel like that is a tried and true tradition but it is an M-rated game, so it's not That's like we're really like talking about anybody. No, but I feel like it does matter some. Like it, it's different than bit. like Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers, I can't imagine not being able to play in the same room with someone. I don't know. I think that you know, in the same way that a lot of people are surprised when they hear that um, you know people buy Call of Duties, people buy Halos, yeah, and never play the multiplayer. In fact, the majority of people don't yeah. play the multiplayer. I think that that is online multiplayer. Yeah. I think. By that same token, you'll see a lot more people playing local mm-hmm. split screen, whatever co-op or you know versus or whatever, than one would normally think. I, um, I I love split screen growing up. I just I feel like most people, especially since like for the last five years, the games haven't really been supporting split screen. That people, especially you know younger generation, has grown up accustomed to playing on their own screen, not sharing a screen. And playing with headsets and what's the first game that you can remember playing uh, split screen? First, well, probably Goldeneye. 
I mean, it was probably Perfect Dark or Goldeneye, one of those two. Yeah, Goldeneye for me. I it might have been Perfect Dark. I, I don't think I played Goldeneye. Not much, anyway. I mean, I did a little bit, but... There was the one on the GameCube, but um, yeah, uh, that was Nightfire, yeah. yeah Nightfire. But the what the previous one to that on the N sixty four was I think Perfect Dark. Yeah, per, um, it, Perfect Dark was essentially the spiritual successor to Goldeneye. It was the yeah. same same engine, company. It's same I mean, if you yeah. actually, I mean, like Mario Kart. To be honest, oh, like oh, if we're not talking crap. shooters, like yeah, Mario Kart sixty four, I was thinking shooters, but Mario um, Kart was definitely played. I, I remember doing a lot of um, the balloon SNES. Battles. That's what I'm thinking of the, the SNES version. Yeah, split screen. I I played that a lot at my family's house. There you go. Let us know what your first was, because I'm interested to hear what people actually think. Yeah, me too. Anyway. Anyway. So, so I'm closing it, guys. You're closing it. Yeah, closing it. I see this is your segue, huh? We've already been copyrighted. So, so he's, he's, he's doing the Game of Thrones theme for a reason, I guess. Yeah. You're going to talk about Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So, some scientists... This is uh, surprising to Josh. Yeah. We didn't know the topics going into this. I might have half listened to your topic. It's okay, there's science. As most This is more science than Game of Thrones. I like to be surprised, yeah. Rob. So, some <laughs> scientists... I like to be ignorant, <sighs> Joshua. I don't right, to listen. <laughs> Sorry. Proceed, sir. No, are you, no you're fine. No, we're you're good. fine. You're good. Oh, are, we, are you sure? Because you, you guys you sure? can keep going if you want. Are you sure? Are you okay? <laughs> He's going to... He's, 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 he's I'm, I'm here talking, for you. I'm here to help. I know help, this is going to Help be. me help you. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. So, some scientists. Some scientists. Some, uh, well, a couple. Are they from MIT? No, a couple meaning two, couple or a meaning couple two. Meaning, meaning like multiple, two, but small A couple number. means two. More okay. importantly, are they from MIT? No. Suck it, MIT. Go ahead. <laughs> did did a, uh, like a social network analysis of Game of Thrones... What? Yeah, because they were trying to figure out who the protagonist of the Game of Thrones is. (laughs) Don't look at Rob. Look at me. Just focus. You can do this. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I'm not laughing. Just like at him. Just the concept of them trying to figure out the main character. (laughs) Who's the good person here? They're all so horrible. I mean, the protagonist doesn't have to necessarily be the good person. Just be the the person that the story we're following? Yeah, pretty much. The the person on whom the plot most relies. Okay, that's good. I guess. Or the center of the universe. Essentially, the person that their actions are the ones that kind of have the most consequences for the yeah. rest of the universe. I'm going to say of. a Lannister. Uh, you're not wrong, but that's only because there's a ton of Lannisters. That was it. It's, yes. It's it's either going to be... Oh, no. You're probably right. Okay, go ahead. So, anyway, they took the third book, Storm of Swords, because okay. uh, the logic was that the plot had sort of progressed and matured a little bit. All that's the where all the were, shit went down. Yeah, all the characters were where they needed to be... At that point, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't sort of clumped together at the beginning before being scattered to the winds. Yes. Or dying. Or dying. Well, so they're always puts. dying. Yeah, they're always dying. Lots Someone tagged all the deaths, and it's I just saw that. like, holy the, the, crap. The book with all the bookmarks in it, they it's have all the deaths, and it's like, holy cold. But, yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's, it's a war. There's a lot of deaths. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they, they did the third book. Um, they basically made, so I'm going to say a graph. Okay. And a lot of you are going to think, flow graph. No, but yeah, it's more like a flowchart. It's a bunch of nodes that are all connected yeah. to each other. Okay. And the edges, that is to say the connections between each node, which is represent which represents a character. Okay. The edges um basically have weights. 
And oh, the, okay. the weight means like how strongly they are connected. Oh, so like um, a thickness of the wine itself? Is yeah, that what you mean? basically. Or like line, uh, yeah. The boldness of the line, I yeah. guess you would say. Yeah, you, you could say um, that's actually a, a good graphical. Uh, I'm going to go with color. Sure. I think, far, I think darker than black. Sure. The, the lightness of the color? Sure. Sure. Okay. A, 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 this anyway. one's periwinkle, and this <laughs> one's royal blue. Basically, a a connection <laughs> was <laughs> incremented, or it's stronger. Um, they they analyzed the book, and if two people's names occurred within fifteen words of each other, okay. Did I say two people's words? Two people's names. names. That's what I meant. Two people's names or nicknames, if they occurred within fifteen words of each other. They, they were connected okay. in some capacity because that makes sense. Yeah, they like would have been seen together or... Ten words, maybe. I'm just thinking of, like, there's a chapter break where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I think it takes chapter breaks and it counts. I was going to say, they probably it also, took that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. And um, so it incremented, you know, by one or whatever every time they had one of these occurrences. And then they come up, came up with a bunch of different analyses of how, like, important a character is... And one of the ways they came up with was something called a betweenness centrality. Okay. Which is basically if a character is between two other characters on a short path. And I didn't define short path, but like, so if you, if you're trying to get from like Tyrion to Jon Snow. Okay. Because those are two characters that I remember. <laughs> Good job. I'm very proud. You've never even read these books, have you? I got halfway through the first one. And have you watched the show? I got an episode and a half in. <laughs> You're on your way. <laughs> Four years ago. I'm going to let you in on a secret. There are dire wolves, which are like wolves. But dire. But But dire. in trouble. <laughs> I know there are dire Turns wolves. Turns out they're just bigger. Eh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's like dire bears. They're bears. I but pref- dire. I, I, I like dire weasels. <laughs> Are they like weasels? But dire? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where's the bugbear in this analogy? Uh, somewhere. Somewhere. Ah, but at, really at, at any rate, if if trying to get from Tyrion to Jon Snow, you have owl like... Um, part owl, I, I, part I don't know. Give me another character. Uh, Rob. Jamie. 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 Mr. You know, or... if he like is in between the two the of them... On, the hound. say, within five connections, I don't know, an arbitrary short path. Okay. He would be, he would have, like, be, that would be a betweenness centrality kind of thing. Okay, I see what and you're And so saying. you're looking for a person who has many of these such betweennesses. Gotcha. So, yeah, they're between a lot of different people. Got it. Because that Im- implies that they are connected to everybody in some capacity. They are the center of the web. Right. And by doing these analyses... They came up with Tyrion, Jon Snow, and Sansa. That makes sense. I yeah. mean, now is that I in think, order, or is that just like um, all three of them are pretty much the same? That's in order for one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it changes around. Uh, Jon Snow edges out Tyrion in a lot of other analyses. Okay. Uh, Sansa gets bumped down to like fourth or fifth in some of them. Yeah, but the the idea is that they're sort of at the top. Yeah, it, um, uh, uh, I think. There's only five books out right now, right? Sure. Why not? Okay. The reason why they also only did the first three books is because those are the only books that have all the characters in them. Later on, mm. the books get split, so you only hear from half the characters in one book and the other half in the other one. Okay. That would make sense. So that's why they only do the first three. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting what you can think what they could do with this. Well, and they did uh, – part of the analysis, they were – they came up with um, – 
like seven different communities. Okay. Which it was like the Lannisters in King's Landing, uh, and they just sort of they they brought up the term modularity, which is like you can sort of yeah you each has th- their there's own a chunk. bunch of chunks that mm-hmm. are very tightly connected to it to itself but loosely connected to the other chunks yeah and there are seven of those bigger you know tightly knit chunks essentially storylines that are kind of revolving around each other more right so. yeah exactly so a lot of them are locale based because mm-hmm. there's lots of happening in the north that doesn't really affect the south and there's stuff happening on a different continent and right, so exactly there are kind of stories that parallel each other precisely yeah it's very and there's a lot of people dying it's there very is. easy to see like where these connections are. And I, I just really liked that because it's, I mean, it kind of goes to show how big this universe that he's created is. Well, then it kind of um, shows what they can do with these types of grass and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in real life. Because you could easily apply this technique to oh, I'm sure they situations yeah. politically. Um, you could probably, mm-hmm. you know, it, finding the social web, especially with how connected we are of now really online. Anybody. Is um, important to well, and I'm sure that's how saying Facebook. is we could play six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon and a lot easier and yeah. determine pretty, pretty who it is in the world that is the most important. I mean, it's kind of how I think Kevin it's Kevin Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> it's kind of how friend suggestions work, or uh, the one scientist, your your uh, your something number is how many your Bacon number. Yeah, but it's it's for science. It's like how many. You are removed from publishing a paper with this one scientist. Oh, (laughs) so it's like the Bacon number only of science of science. Yeah, respect. And I'm sure I'm sure you could find the scientist's Bacon number or Kevin Bacon's you know this number. (laughs) It mine's actually surprisingly low. I think. I didn't. I've never done. I think if we go through our our grandparents somehow we actually get to like Kevin Bacon pretty quickly isn't it no I well I've I've worked with people who have worked with Kevin Bacon okay yeah that works that would work too that makes it easier Mm -hmm. yes cool so so that's that I I just kind of liked that a science to make that makes this more accessible to me (laughs) actually (laughs) makes it interesting maybe you'll actually read the books now no Mm -hmm. no that's a lot of books I mean, I'm not afraid of books. I'm just saying that's I a re- lot of... I've read a lot of books in my day. Yeah, but that's a lot of time to dedicate to something you're only vaguely interested in. That one. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I read them when we went to Budapest. Yes. All uh, of them? Uh, the All that first were out at that time. Two and a half. Which oh, were, okay. Gotcha. You know, I didn't I make it through the third one. I have not nope. read all of the last book because mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the next book to come out. Didn't he say that someone else is going to ghostwrite it? I have not heard that, but... Fine with me because mm, whatever, just come out with them already. Yeah. What I usually end up doing with books is if it's an ongoing series, I can't finish the last book in that series mm. because I know it's the end. So I kind of like How drag you read my the last feet. Harry Potter. Well, that's different because the series is over. I'm saying an ongoing. Oh, I thought you were saying. Oh, an ongoing. So Although like, the Harry Potter series is ongoing. Well, well. yeah, now it is because cha-ching. Because money. Money, 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 It's all about that money. So then when they announce the next book and it's about ready to come out, I, I'll finish the last book that mm. was on, and then I'll go right okay, into so the next one. So it's still one. fresh, and then you can keep going. I, yeah, I just I made the mistake with Stephen King, the Dark Tower series. I read all the books that came out, and then he took like five years to come out with the next one, and I could not read the next one. Yeah. Because I had no interest at that point. Yeah. Okay. So, so the the, I guess the other thing I had to talk about, which is not had to, well, want to. (laughs) You don't have to do it. We're we're done here. Early episode. (laughs) Free will. 
<laughs> wow. You have it. Free get will, it? get it? Ah, that's, that's smart. Free will. So it's not like there wasn't a movie that had that same almost pun as well. Free, Free Willy. Willy. That one. <laughs> you know what I was talking about. Do you believe I wonder in Free Will? Who, I wonder who doesn't remember Free Willy. I like, feel like a lot of people at this point. Well, what year? Yeah, that's what I mean. What year did that come out? What's the over and under? When are they going to reboot Free Willy? Didn't they have a Free Willy too? They did. That's a no, sequel. That's they're a sequel, not, not a reboot. Okay, fine. I'm saying I don't think they're ever going to after all the backlash with uh, SeaWorld. And oh, that's what it's going to be a good point. It's going to be Blackfish mixed with Free Willy. Free your Willy? <laughs> is that what that movie was called? That, that just sounds called? like a was, really wait, awkward wait, porno. That was probably the porno <laughs> made you <on> Free Willy. <laughs> anyway, what is your actual topic? Gordon Free Willy. Gordon Free Willy. No, that's Gordon terrible. Free. No, Morgan, Morgan Free Willy. <laughs> that was... A terrible attempt at a joke. <laughs> it really was. I don't know. I really so I just I have to give an aside right now. I played through the Stick of Truth again. Okay, yeah. Okay, the Great game. South Park uh, game. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a little bit of the ending. Not oh, really, no. but a little you bit. Bastard. Not that. Um, I assume Kenny dies. <laughs> Son of a well, bitch. I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not spoiling that part though, yes. Um So you are spoiling that part. Yes. Technically you did. Uh yeah. True. I've never seen Morgan Freeman that. shows up to explain the convoluted part of the last like <laughs> arc of the is story. Is it actually Morgan Freeman? No, okay. but well, I mean like the voice actor. And and somebody, I think it was Stan, is like Morgan Freeman. Why do you always show up? He's like every time I explain something, I get a freckle. <laughs> and one just appears on his. He cheek. has a lot. Of freckles. Oh God, he does. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so what is so, your talking about, Luke? So pigs and baboons. Okay. Not pigs, when pigs, not pigs and baboons. Pigs in baboons. Well, they're, they're pigs hard, in a blanket. Their their hearts, more specifically. Scientists. Oh, oh, okay, yes, I know what we're talking about science. science. Germans I and science. Americans working together. I really didn't yeah. listen to this one. You really didn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Germans and Americans working together in harmony to make unholy amalgamations of pig and primate, but only the hearts. Only the hearts. Well, the home is where the heart is, so your so real home's in your chest. The real home is in your chest. Or the baboon's chest. Everyone's a hero in their own way. Basically, what the scientists did, and apparently it's been going on for like the last two years, yes. over two years, is they transplanted genetically engineered pig to make it compatible, hearts, into a baboon. Did they use a hammer? <laughs> no. No. But they did use an olive fork. Cool. Yeah. No, I don't no, know. No, they did not. That's a lie. Don't listen to it. Delicate me. procedure with the olive <laughs> fork. Why did they make it? Um, I, I, it was a little weird. From the way it started out, it seemed that they, the baboon was, what is it, subsisting? No. Uh, existing? Uh, continuing? Using? Was only using the, the, the pig heart to live. But it turns out it was just sort of like grafted onto its circulatory system. Oh, okay. So, so, like, it was a beating pig heart. But yes. it still had its but own heart. But Baboon also had its own heart. Oh, well, that's lame. Well, well it's actually even more weird. What? Yeah, but th- to be fair... We have two hearts. Normally... Time Lords. Uh, time Lords! <laughs> <laughs> we're getting close. Normally, we're worried about organ rejection. Yes. I mean, like, we worry about organ rejection... With, with same the same species. species like yeah. Blood type. That's, that's ridiculous. So, we took a different species... Yes. ...and put its heart in, a, in another animal... And it stayed there and beat for over two years. Because, though, 
Because using immuno... Well, genetically engineering to make it more compatible. Yes. And immunosuppressant drugs to that get it. That last part's the scary part. Well, that's the thing is, we don't... They didn't really say how well the baboon was doing. Exactly. And But still, two and a half years. That's not bad. But that's two years of being, like, essentially having to be in a white room because... Probably. Yeah. You have no immune system. That is probably like, the case. We have good news. <laughs> We got this pig heart in your in your chest, and it's working. Sweet. What's the bad news? Bad news. You can't go outside or touch yeah. anyone. So what you you're saying die. is I don't get a superpower? No. No. You, you can't, like, leap small buildings with the power <laughs> of two pig hearts. Man. <laughs> but, but this I is... I am so swine. God, this is encouraging in that it's kind of a, a good, I don't know, not even first step, like fifth step. I don't even know. No, this is, o- like, On the huge. way to... Because yeah. it turns out that... Apparently, pigs uh-huh. are very biologically similar to humans. Yes. As many things are. Yeah. But, yeah. And so they, they are a logical choice for organ transplants for humans, if we could get it to work. If pigs we can are actually ridiculously smart. Well, let's not go into this that. This is true. That makes us feel bad about it. They are. No, don't focus on the fact that Charlotte Webb thing. Well, it's fine. no. <laughs> <laughs> Piggly Wiggly Man. God. At any no, rate. No, not good superhero man? I still love bacon. I still love bacon. I will always love bacon. <laughs> you get a free heart, or you get a heart, but you get free bacon. <laughs> We're that much closer to using the entire pig. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a, a cool thing that happens. It's very cool, and it would be really awesome to see this sort of go the whole distance and let us not have to use dead people's hearts to keep other people alive. I mean, I guess that's fine since that's good. Well, and that's kind of even... There's always... The the longer term of this would be we could actually grow these organs. Right, it's true. And not have to worry about the... I mean, we're trying to grow human hearts as well. Yeah, but the Um, rejection level would be a lot less. Or even within within our own species. Like, if we we, we could... With this technology now, we could make it even easier for us to not reject our... The plan is... But we have to genetically engineer ourselves. Well, I mean, we are... Eh, whatever. The plan is to to have enough (laughs) organs to meet the demand of organ transplant. We don't want waiting lists for organs. Generally, that's a bad thing. Yes. Yes. There should not be a line to the part that you need to stay alive. Just imagining in Britain people queuing up for a liver. They're really good at queuing. They're really good at it. What was it? There was a game where... All you do is queue? No, no, no. There was something going on. It it, it, it was a... um, (laughs) This might have even been The Division. Um, But basically, yeah, the, the mission involved... Like, hitting a button on a computer and then going and doing something or whatever. When you were first getting into the division, you had to talk to a specific person to become active. Right. So you had a queue. But everybody was Was trying to to talk to the person, and it wasn't working. And so basically everybody, they they just assumed that everybody was hitting it too quickly. Mm -hmm. So they queued up for the person. <laughs> so they, it was literally a bunch of people in a video game queuing. I, I've done that. World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah, um, there you go. There's, you know, fe- or fetch quests and all that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. have to, like, kill a boss, and the boss only spawns, like, once every 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So instead of everyone trying to kill the boss at once, I actually got into a civil queue. Like, it actually, for once in a while, usually everyone just swarms it. But there was a queue outside the, the cave to kill the boss. It's like, oh, 
Your turn? Okay, go ahead. Number 73, <laughs> serving exactly. number 73. And that's when I realized, maybe MMOs are stupid. <laughs> maybe. Maybe this isn't how it should be made. I don't think I should be queuing up to kill the boss. <laughs> we only have enough server space. How do you think he feels? <laughs> that's a good point. Give me 15 seconds, guys. For the love of God, I just responded. I've got a wife and kids. You guys are spawn camping, and I don't appreciate it. Fucking oh campers. The other camping side is a legitimate strategy. The other side. God. Somebody should totally write. That, that's like, like a red versus blue. I, I kind of like want to submit to writing prompts. Right there. Be like, you are a wow boss. <laughs> And you've been getting spawn camped by parties for the last week. The life of a, of a, a wow boss. How do Go. you feel? <laughs> and with that. With that. GG. GG, guys. Gaga. Do the bosses sing?